Okay, you know those like internet think people who are going out like, uh, I don't know, pretending to be normal people when they're actual CPAs and they know the reality of like how tax stuff works behind the scenes, but they like to gussy it up in a real exciting way. You know those people? Well, we got one today. It's Mitchell Baldridge. Say hello. Howdy. TikTok accountant right here. Oh, gosh. Uh, so we're going to talk about Mitchell's probably the biggest like normie facing uh, accounting or tax personality right now. So we're going to talk about like why, what's in it for him? Why is he investing in this? Let's learn from an internet think boy. Come on in. It's Jason Daly. All right. <laughs> Okay, Mitchell, uh, how did we first meet? Did we first meet on Twitter? Yeah, definitely through Twitter. And I I don't, I, I followed your content and I liked what you had to say. And I, I think you're thoughtful, but this was before I got to know you. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been, we've been buddies ever since, I, I'd say. Okay, so for, <laughs> for people who aren't familiar with the king of loopholes. Give give him the the thirty second quick intro to Mitchell Baldridge. See, I'm all I'm all the way back in. Jason, love your stuff and the info you put out. Thank you. Look, I'm just buttering your bread. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a CPA. I'm a financial planner. I'm a I'm a real CPA. I have a real CPA practice in Houston, Texas. And um, somewhere during COVID. I, I started posting on Twitter everything I'd ever learned and then some and, you know, have have grown a audience on Twitter of, yeah, mostly small business folks uh, talking about tax planning and, you know, tax efficiency for, for business owners. Are you mainly just on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a podcast with my friend Scott Hambrick called The Stupid Tax uh, that I've launched probably in the past few months and also in the past name. few months. Uh, thank you. Uh, and then uh, the general ledger is my uh, email newsletter. Um, mm. And that is- Let's workshop media. that one. Let's, we'll work on that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, mostly I send out a weekly newsletter, have a weekly podcast, and then post on Twitter whenever I feel like it. And how many Twitter followers do you have now? Uh, close to 80,000. Um 79.3 today. Goodness sakes. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So I think you are the largest normie facing accountant. And like we all post on social media for different reasons. But well, I, would, I think your audience is non accountants, right? I have taken the moniker America's CPA. America's CPA. Cool. America's CPA. Yeah. My my co-host Scott Hambrick calls me the world's most famous accountant because he's he's from Oklahoma. But uh, sure, famous. Yeah. Name name another. Name another. Uh, Yeah. No, but that's that's fair. So that that's my first question. It's a weird. You're America's CPA now. Like, how did you get started? down that path. Most people still aren't posting anything on social media. Like what was the the very beginnings of that? So yeah, I I mean, I went to college. Uh, I graduated from U of H and worked for a boutique practice in Houston and worked for this guy, Sam Gaynor, who was like, there was like a picture of Sam in the lobby where he's like on a unicycle with juggling pins. He was like mm-hmm. P.T. Barnum turned uh tax accountant. And so I'm sure that like imprinted on my young intern accountant brain where he was just like, we work for the client and we 
you know, have a bit of uh, showmanship in what we do here. And so like, I, I, but then I went to go work for BDO. I was doing corporate tax, spent a while there, went off on my own about 10 years ago and have had a, my own uh, accounting practice ever since. And just, you know, one day the, the nemesis of tax Twitter, our friend, Nick Huber, sweaty startup, Yep. Told, uh, I've I've been friends with Nick and and worked with Nick for about five years now. And when he was getting on Twitter, like he had six thousand followers, he told me to get on Twitter just because he said it wow. was an interesting place with interesting people doing interesting stuff. And so you knew each other way back way back then. Yeah, and uh, met on Reddit, which <laughs> where all good I, relationships start for sure. Where every yeah, uh, uh, casual encounter on Reddit. <laughs> And so, okay, okay. Uh, okay, cut that. Um, but, you know, so then, you know, it, he was writing on Reddit and I, the same way I reached out to you and said, hey, Jason, love what you're writing. Did the same with Nick and, you know, went back and forth, uh, paid him for some consulting and he realized uh, I was better than his accountant and I became his accountant and then uh, took that show on the road. And so he, he he's done a ton for me in the sense that he's just grown and grown and grown. He has 350,000 Twitter followers and mm-hmm. he's sent me a ton of uh, attribution and, and people and have just really been oriented towards the business owner and just trying to explain in a good way, like how this stuff works and what you can do, what's on the menu, what you can't do. And, and it obviously connects with people in some way because it's, you know, grown a following and, and really helped build my practice. So that yeah. it's been, it's been cool. What's I'm interested in like, cause obviously there's cool stuff you're doing now that we're going to talk about. And like, yeah. now it's like, Oh, here's where the ROI was, but it wasn't there in the beginning. So like, what was the rationale for starting originally? So look like Nick had again, 6,000 followers, but he's uh he's a maniac so he just was at it mm. and he said he, he i called him in like august of 2020 we were talking a lot in 2020 cuz of ppp loans and yeah. the, the whole world ending and then i called him in august we hadn't talked in a while and said hey man uh there's not enough he was running a pickup delivery student storage business and i said there are not enough moving vans to pick people's stuff up and leave new york so you need to mobilize your force and get to New York and get people's stuff down and charge people crazy money to do this. Like, this is an opportunity for you. I just was thinking about that one day. I remember where I was. And he said, no, man, I'm on Twitter now. We're going to sell this. <laughs> we're going to sell the storage business. I'm going, all, or we're going to sell the pickup delivery business. I'm going all in on storage syndication acquisition. My entire LP base is on Twitter. There's this whole world called Retweet. It's full of, you know, high, high quality people you have to get on right now. And I was kind of like, well, I'll call you back in October after the deadline. And right. and literally I I did. After the deadline, I started kind of looking at what he was doing. I posted one comment that just said, it, it, which has become my entire thesis of, especially on the real estate side of, you know, buy these kind of sweaty businesses and buy the real estate to go along with it and depreciate the crap out of it and keep mm-hmm. all the cash the business generates and, and pay no tax. He retweeted that and like a thousand people followed me immediately. Mm-hmm. So I never had the like, 
I'm going to shout into the void moment. I, right. I didn't have the three years of saying thing, you know, Hey, going to the gym and getting a sandwich. Like, you know, I just yeah. immediately put my thesis out there and, and people responded to it and people started DMing me and were like, Holy smokes, what are you talking about? And so then I wrote a thread about it and then we had my, my thread phase, um, which I think still exists, but it, you know, mm. just of me writing kind of everything I could think of. And, and it was fortunate in a sense, cause I just got to like, write it all and no one else was doing it and so it, it uh, became my corner of the world after a minute so like more explicitly what yeah ultimately what is what is in it for you to do this because obviously followers and all of that like that's not money in the bank sure. uh, there's people with massive followings that struggle to build a business around it beyond just the the ego and being able to call yourself america cpa now like very explicitly like what's in it for you to keep investing in this thing uh, like frankly i invest less than i ever have in this or i'm not as active as i have been in the past, which is dumb to not triple down on what works. But what was in it for me immediately is I started talking to people or like, look, what it did, it becomes this big personal resume and people want to talk to me because I have something of value to offer them. Mm -hmm. So then I get to talk to people who have valuable things to offer me. I, I like people. I like relationships. I like to get to know people and kind of like, I, I'm really a lifelong learner. And so the the other thing that writing all those threads gave me was the ability to focus and linearly lay out a tax concept that I didn't completely understand in plain English, which mm. I learned more in the last three years than I learned in the first 15 years of my career, just because I had to learn stuff well enough to explain it to business owners while being scrutinized by everybody in the world. Like if I yeah. write something that's wrong, it, it, I don't, my, you know, so then the payoff was in part just the ability to do it and to kind of draw the line in the sand and then, yeah, get client flow like no one's ever like just immediately have clients that are beating down my door where very quickly, I, I like reached capacity in my tax practice. We can talk more about that. But like, you know, they're just, uh, why would you not have the the biggest megaphone of like business development that there's ever been if you could, unless you don't want business, which not everyone wants. Gang, this episode is sponsored in part by Copilot. Are you sick of Copilot ads on this podcast yet? Because you shouldn't be. Because bless their hearts, they're making all of this magic come together and all of this possible, you know? Okay, I know we got some hyper nerds in the audience out there. If you saw our practice management report that we released recently, Copilot was on the list because they've got this hyper flexible approach to building a client portal. And they're not getting in all the other stuff, the workflow and all that. All they wanna make is a super flexible portal platform for you. And if you are a mega nerd, boy, wouldn't it be nice if all these tools in our space had killer APIs so that we could automate all this stuff automatically? Wouldn't that be nice? Not a thing though, right? Wrong! 
It's a thing if you use Copilot. They've actually got a killer API uh, that lets you work with pretty much everything in the entire platform. So the notion of bu building some like fully automated stuff where before that wouldn't have been possible. It is, it's possible. With Copilot, it's possible. But let's say you're just a little bit nerd. Not mega nerd, you're little nerd. Through stuff like Zapier and Make, uh, you can actually build a bunch of your own automations. In fact, I got the Zapier page up here. And there's, what the jeez? There's an absolutely shocking number of triggers and actions. Hang on, pause, quick count break. 35 triggers and actions in Zapier uh, for Copilot if you like building your own automations. Pretty cool, right? Uh, hey, if that is exciting to you, uh, check out the link to Copilot in the show notes. And thank you to Copilot for your continued support. It's that time of year again, gang. Uh, Halloween? Nope. Thanksgiving? I guess it's soon. But worse than all that, it is time to fulfill your annual continuing education requirements. That old chestnut. This episode is sponsored in part by Pronto Tax. And we know how that, uh, that CPE deadline usually feels, right? More boring than watching paint dry. CPE really do be like that. Especially virtual CPE, man. You usually can't even see the person that's talking. It's like this awful like set of slides with these fade animations between each of the slides and then you hear this like super corporate voice, which frankly might even be AI actually. If it isn't, it absolutely could be. Well, are you ready for better CPE? Me too. If you're ready for a continuing education experience that's different than anything else out there and not incredibly boring yet still highly educational, you could be ready to give Pronto Tax School a try. The people at Pronto are a little crazy. What? Their training's not for everyone. Things can get spicy. But the people at Pronto really know their stuff when it comes to taxes, and they make a valiant effort to make completing your annual continuing ed at least halfway entertaining. They're approved by IRS, CTEC, and NASBA so that you know you're getting valid credits that match your credential. And over 4,000 tax pros choose Pronto's CE slash CPE solutions every single year. Visit prontotaxschool.com or check out the link in the show notes to learn more. Yeah, a lot of people right now, they say, I don't need the business. Why would I do that, right? Yeah. So they're at capacity. What's in that for them? Well, I mean, look at, um, like before I had ever done this, I knew I'd read Ron Baker's stuff and I'd read like Brandon Poe's book and I'd read a lot of what was written by accountants and understanding like there, there's riches in the niches. There's something to like having a avatar client. Yeah. And then the idea of like, well, if I have the most demand or if I had the most kind of like client flow, then I can go to the pinnacle client and just say, this is my client and this is what we do. And, and I can kind of name my process, name my client and name my expertise. And it just could be the best one a CPA could have. And so that's what we did, <laughs> you know, and before that, I mean, I was doing real estate syndicators tax returns. It just after um, real estate syndicators understood that I write tax information for real estate syndicators. And then like uh, along the way, I partnered with Roger Ledbetter, who's like smarter than me at this. And like that became like, oh, we can just build a great real estate syndicators tax firm and work with really, really high value clients that frankly are big clients for big CPA firms. And we get to, it just launched my career 15 years ahead of where it ever would have been. So yeah. 
Like I, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm ambitious. So before we lose it, you said something a bit ago that I think is interesting. The notion that like publishing is almost the forcing function for you have to you having to very explicitly like refine that like mental framework of exactly how the, how this stuff works but then you combine that with the fact that like the accounting and the tax community are going to be all over that if there's like yeah. a step you know anywhere you shouldn't but isn't that all upside for you like in the end like yeah <laughs> you doing that work and even other people being like hey you're missing that or missing this or missing that doesn't that all still ultimately benefit you more than anyone else yeah or you just get to go hey yeah thanks thanks for your contribution uh you're right or yeah i should clarify or i you know and there have been a couple of times where people uh like take a t- take something i wrote and just drag it back out all the time for some kind of like uh tiny semantic issue or something that they thought I should have expounded. A a lot of it is like, well, you should have expounded on this or you should say more about this. And you're like, okay, well, here's a thread where I say a lot more about it or great. I'll write more about that later. But, uh, you know, so yes, having people look, I I can imagine if I were a CPA and, and one of my clients texted me a thread with like my avatar on it that said, (laughs) it was like, Hey bro, are we doing this? I'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay uh yeah no that would be annoying so i i get the annoying thing of of uh dealing with that and the the want to uh dissect the thread and and take mitchell baldridge down a peg and like yeah it's helpful because it, it just the like steel steel sharpens steel iron sharpens iron or whatever is is good because it's just made me a better and better accountant and it, it there's yeah, there's just things you talk about and there's things you don't talk about publicly anyway of just like you just operate very much in the black and white uh, in public. And like, look, if you're going to tax Twitter to get or not tax Twitter, but if you're going to Twitter to get like tax advice, mm-hmm. you deserve to uh, go bankrupt is what I just <laughs> decided. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like what is what's your... Yeah, I think it's it's hard for some accounts to see tax framed as anything that could be remotely perceived as clickbait, right? Like the notion yeah. that that it can be framed in like a, a get rich quick context or something like that. But it's also what we do when we take new clients in and we're like, your last account was an idiot. We're going to amend these returns and save you a bunch of money. What is your take on just the huge volume of just tax stuff on social media and like how people filter through that. Is that ultimately something that maybe professionals need to be more engaged in because they're taking advice from folks who are not yeah. certified and have no credentials? Yeah. You, you know what? Like most of the time getting the big things right is what life's about. Um, so, it, you know, if you want to eliminate all your tax, and pay 4% tax, you can move to Puerto Rico. I don't want to move to Puerto Rico. You don't want to move to Puerto Rico. So that's there. And then like if, or you can become a real estate professional or your spouse could become a real estate professional and and then you can go take leverage and you can go, like there's all these things you can do. And then it, it just dials back to like, well, what should I do? And, and so I don't know, like you don't, Gener- or we, we deal with this. We'll, we'll talk more about the cost segregation business. And like Nick writes a lot of that Twitter. And every time 
he writes something crazy and Melanie, my wife, is the CEO, and Melanie's like, do not post that. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, we're here. We're trying to uh, create – like, you can't help anybody if if you just lob out uh, milk toast into the algorithm and no one sees it. If there were no algorithm and this were a meritocracy of ideas in Twitter – that would be fantastic because I think we have good ideas. But like you also have to make people see something. So then you have to – there has to be a hook. There has to be something interesting that's said. And, and yeah. people, it turns out, don't like paying taxes. And, and people, turns out, are not having a great experience with their current um, tax accountant is what we've learned. And it it's not because – tax accountants are bad or stupid or what there's a disconnect there's like a breakdown in communication between the business owner and their tax accountant and so everything i talk about leads with some idea or some impression that that i might be able to cut through this like <laughs> you know like cross this rubicon of like business owner and accountant where I get to go like, I am an accountant and I am a business owner. And I think deeply about how business owners can save taxes and compound and, you know, grow their businesses. And so that I might've lost the question, but I mean, that's how I frame this and think about this and, and try to write and help people. And so that, that's who I end up attracting, hopefully by, by doing all this. The folks out there who, which is most accountants not engaging in this sort of thing, what's maybe the biggest thing that they're missing when they do try to create content for non-accountants? Accountants create a lot of of content for other accountants that, in my judgment, frames the client as the, the problem in their story when the client is the hero of their own story. Mm-hmm. So, like, a prospective client business owner does not care about their accountant at all and should not <laughs> like mm. or, you, you, why would they and so then a lot of accountants uh, build a platform and, and build an audience to just say my clients are so stupid and i'm so smart and can you believe they gave me the form this way when they i asked them to give it to me that way and you're just mm. like what so frankly whenever i go post stuff on twitter i'm like is this valuable or like that's another thing about twitter is like people i respect a lot follow me on twitter and so i like think of them in my head and i go he or she is going to read this and if when he or she reads this are they going to mute me <laughs> cuz right. i just mute people all the time who complain yeah. Or, you know what I mean? And so like that, no one cares about me, like nobody, everyone yeah. cares about themselves. And so when all of my content is geared towards people who care about themselves, taking action to make their lives better, then I, I win. Not because, or just because, you know, that person who just asks you about yourself, the whole meal, and then you go, oh my God, they're so smart and thoughtful because they just got out of the way and let me talk about me. Like right. what you're doing right now, Jason. All right. You're doing awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Gang, this episode is sponsored in part by LiveFlow. Uh, LiveFlow is the easiest way to sync that 
QuickBooks data back and forth to your spreadsheets. You may have seen this actually had a big announcement lately. So this fall, G2 gave them the top spot in their fall 2023 report as the leader in the financial analysis category. That's right, they won. Number one, nice work. Uh, if you've been around my channels for a while, you've seen LifeFloat, kindly they have sponsored quite a bit of stuff. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying I'm taking credit for it, but that was probably why. If not familiar with LiveFlow, super easy way to sync that stuff, sync your QuickBooks data back and forth with Google Sheets. They got a whole pile of templates too to make the process of building that stuff for the first time as easy as possible for you. Stuff for managing cash, AP, KPIs, like everything you can imagine. Sync that data into your existing sheets to make them smarter, get it to auto-sync or build your like custom new sheets that talk with QuickBooks totally from scratch. Uh, pretty cool tool. Check that one out at lifeflow.io. This episode is sponsored in part by the fine folks at Cloud Accountant Staffing. Do you hire accountants? Bless your little heart. Uh, not the best part of the job, in my opinion. Not something I ever enjoyed. Well, listen, you can build your accounting dream team with talented offshore accountants in the Philippines that work 100% full-time for your firm. Their accountants aren't freelancing or contracting for multiple firms. They're all yours. They work exclusively for you and are incentivized to stay with you and your team long-term. They're not gonna get swiped. Cloud Account Staffing is 100% dedicated to the accounting industry and founded by a former accounting firm owner that understands your business, knows your pain points. They had to hire some accountants and they said, you know what, we're gonna build our own pipeline in the Philippines. Gonna pull in some super talented people and then open that up to other firms. Basically, that's the story. Uh, we've been talking about, a lot about staffing, building more resilient staffing pipelines for your firms. I, I had staff in the Philippines, at, like totally red-pilled me to like, oh geez, like we need to globalize the way that we get our work done. Uh, check these folks out. Link in the show description, cloudaccountantstaffing.com. Uh, okay, the you alluded to the cost egg thing. Um, yeah. What I think, what one of the things that's interesting to me is like, you know, I, when I started posting to social media, I, it was not because I hoped that someday I could do a podcast interview with America's CPA. It was like, you know, who knows what the reason even was, but it'll, it'll take you in places where it's like, oh, I never yeah. even would have imagined this. Um, and so that ROI calculation becomes hard, but you've now, at least I'm aware of at least one adjacent business that you have built to your firm now, courtesy of that Twitter sure. following. Like, how do you, how do you make decisions to invest in stuff beyond your accounting firm when you're already plenty busy running a firm? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So like a couple of things. So uh, I alluded earlier to Roger Ledbetter. Um, I knew to grow the kind of firm, uh, like people don't like partnerships and for good reason, but I just knew to grow the businesses that I wanted to grow, As especially after getting into the Costig partnership, I was like, oh, I have strong, strong attributes, but I have major, major deficits in, in how I work and in what I can do and in my capacity to lead people and build systems and execute on systems and market and sell and then deliver. Like that's a lot for, for one person to do. So I, in my accounting firm, in my like core practice uh, connected with uh, an old friend and a, a CPA who was a, a partner at a you know top ten accounting firm who had left. We both got lunch and we just started working together. And then 
this year, you know, became partners in the core business. And so that freed up at least it created some capacity and it created some leverage of like, I have somebody as bought in as me, smarter than me, better at leading people than me, helping me grow this firm. So that's a win, (laughs) you know? And then the same thing of the cost tech business was something I'd always seen and always thought about. And, and frankly, it's like the best, like, uh, creator content fit or whatever, you know, or create or creator product fit or whatever. It, it, it's like all there. It, it was the first tweet. It was the thesis of like, depreciate the crap out of your real estate, lower your cost of capital, create a deferred tax liability. This is how you do it. And so then when I was able to like build the product and, and frankly, like a lot of the product was because I had been following you and Chad Davis and, and, understood how these new no code systems and these new databases work and and we've like built this badass system around coseg and hired a couple of great people and hired a bunch of engineers and and kind of like strung that whole thing together but it was just something easy nick huber's my partner in that and and it was something that was an easy adjacent thing to sell and it's like one line item on a tax return as opposed to somebody's entire life and their grandma and their grandkids and their trust and their business and their like it was something that I could sell really really well and deliver really really well without ever talking to somebody which is which is good <laughs> cuz that uh that scales when you look at businesses like that do you think like boy this accounting firm seems astronomically complex compared to something like that. Yeah, but I, I think the complexity is also the opportunity. I think uh, an accounting firm is uh, modier than, uh, uh, you know, to take from Uncle Charlie. Like, I, I I just think, like, an accounting firm is a relationship and a system and an evolution of getting it right and an evolution of staying on top of things. And, like, I think if you can build a great scaled accounting firm with great clients and great people, you're going to win. I I just think it's very, very hard to do. So yeah, I I was talking with Roger today. I was like, well, we'll just give it five more years. (laughs) If it doesn't work after five years, we'll shut. And look, there's other things that fit into the flywheel of like, before I got on Twitter and started writing, I had passed the CFP, I'd set up an RIA, and that was like the direction I was going. Mm. And then I kind of went into this cul-de-sac of, oh, I'm going to write all this content and I'm going to kind of like rebuild and rebrand and and build this big firm. But I think an excellent CPA firm that does excellent tax planning and has excellent systems is a scaffold that you could hang an RIA on top of and just have like the best RIA in the world. It it may not be the biggest, but I, I think... If you can do awesome tax planning and awesome tax compliance and start like really hitting that service, you can put an RIA on top of it, which has 10x the fees and 10x the (laughs) equity value of Mm -hmm. of a CPA firm. And and that may be where you really make your money. But the foundation of that is a CPA firm. So uh, that's why there's a lot of reasons why I believe it's still important to work at the CPA firm. And I don't. I'm just not ready to punch out, Jason. Sorry. Yeah, well, okay. We don't need to 
We're not directing that at anybody here. No, 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 <laughs> no, but, uh, no, it's just, I, I, but some days I do go, Hey, um, I, I think also the regulatory overhang of like the, the cost seg business is like bonuses stepping down. A, a bunch of things are happening that make that business. It's a good cash flow business, but it's not, uh, there's no like, equity value to it. So it, yeah. it's hard for me to go take my core business and just uh, and pivot to the Cossack firm. And then, I mean, the other thing I've been building for business I've been building for two years now is better bookkeeping, which is the, uh, the like, I, I think of these like 80,000 almost followers as this like top of the funnel. And then like the problem is like my CPA firm has like 150 clients. Mm -hmm. So then how do you get 80,000 people into 150 or let's say I grow to 1500. I don't want 1500. I can't have 1500 clients. So then how do I scale that up? Well, I can't scale my firm up quickly enough. So I've created kind of a online, you know, plaids at the front, a SQL database is at the back. We've built a UI in the middle. We built reporting, we built categorizations, done for you, bookkeeping, tax planning, tax preparation service. That's that's kind of like, again, it built out of the model of the cost seg delivery system where it's just like, I'm not the bottleneck. I'm not the chief, uh, you know, yeah. client account guy. Yeah. Do you think you would have inevitably done a lot of these things had you not started posting online? Or do you think, I don't know, it's the relationships and, and all of that that kind yeah. of took you down these paths? Like, look, if I'd never heard of, I, I mean, I, I took a management information systems class in college and understood what an access database was. But like, if I hadn't followed your stuff and understood what Airtable was and what Zapier was, and the is it Zapier or Zapier? But, Zapier. Uh, and, and like the power, uh, uh, like, look, I, I was a Gusto user 10 years ago when I set up my firm. I was like, oh, I can either call the paychecks lady and deal with all that, or I can go do self-service payroll. I will take self-service. And so I've always been like technology forward. I've always understood how computers work and, and how kind of like programming by its nature works somewhat. But like the, the audience, the distribution gives you so much power to, or has given me so much power to like understand what works and doesn't work really, really quickly or understand or just meet people who can help me or who I can help or, it, you know, it just, it's just a huge shortcut. So I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know what would have happened if I, I don't know the counterfactual, but like I'd have an RIA right now. Maybe I'd be doing better. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Okay. So to land the plane here, <clears throat> what's like your, uh, what's your one sort of, I guess, social media bit of advice, like the, the cross stitch and put on a wall sort of uh, tidbit of advice you would give to uh, accountants who don't do that stuff right now? Again, uh, the client's the hero of the story. Like this is a client business and uh, this is client service. We're here to help the clients. And so like, it's been a long run for me to, uh, it, you know, I started in 2020, I had about 450 client families in my office and we've kind of like cut down and cut down and sold some books. And just like, I think ultimately, 
you are responsible to build the firm you want and build the life you want. And so to the extent you talk to the people you can help the most and solve their problems for free and for fun, (laughs) then like when they come to you, you will have already solved their problems and they will have already trusted you that you can do what you say you will do. And then they will want to save their own time and their own energy and they will pay higher fees and you can hire better people and then you can get even better at solving their problems. And then it like there's this virtual there's this virtuous cycle of how to do this, but it all just starts with like, who is the person in front of me who I who God put me on this earth to help? And how do I help them? And, and what do I say right now? Uh, you have to understand that the information is free. It, it's not, it, it's all in the tax code. It's literally like published <laughs> or it's all on the AICPA or, you know, the Journal of Accountancy or whatever. Like you are a conduit from the technical code to the client. So then if you can jump that gap, people will value that and will reward you handsomely. So how about that? <laughs> uh, people want to follow you online. How do they find you? Twitter at Baldridge CPA. Um, the, the soon to be renamed newsletter, uh, the general ledger. General ledger. <laughs> Unless <laughs> we've got like AI imagery of like you and like military guard or like something a, like that. It, no, it's like a, it's like a powdered wig, you know, <laughs> with okay. a big old uh, felt, yeah, 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 can can you work on that? And then, um, I, oh. the, and then, uh, you know, the stupid tax podcast. You, you can call me, email me, whatever. You know, no, don't. But don't um, do any of that. Yeah, no, th- hey man, thank you for having me on. And like, uh, I'm not kidding. I, you, and uh, the Realize Group and the Mastermind. Uh, l- let's do a little plug for that because, like, just I, I've met great people doing great stuff out of that group and um and yeah following what you did and how you've thought about systems has has like literally changed the way that i've built my firm so thank you cool appreciate it mitchell thanks for coming and hanging today thank you all right see you on the next one